fans to episode number 170 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. Once again, a big shout out to those guys and a big thank you for allowing us to use some of their songs in the intro to this podcast. And today we got a very special treat for you guys. He's going to be making his third appearance on Locked On New York Rangers, my good friend Bobby Sampson. He is a Flyers fan. We'll let him talk about the Flyers a little bit, but we're going to keep most of the focus on the Rangers and their upcoming series against the Hurricanes, as well as just taking a look at you know, the presentation of these Stanley Cup playoffs, because we've gotten to see these exhibition games. We've gotten to see a little bit about how the NHL plans to shoot these games. It's all very interesting. It's a whole new world playing these Stanley Cup games without any fans. But be that as it may, uh, we're definitely looking forward to some playoff hockey. We are less than 24 hours away from the puck dropping for Rangers Hurricanes. Get excited. And in the meantime, enjoy this conversation between myself and Mr. Bobby Sampson. All right, and so without any further ado, let's go ahead and welcome our special guest for today, making his third appearance on Locked on Rangers, Mr. Bobby Sampson. Bobby, how we doing today, man? Good, man. How you doing? Hockey's back, baby. Hockey's back, and that's my first question. Very, very important question for you. I already know the answer to it, but are you ready for some Stanley Cup playoff hockey? I have waited way too long for this. Yeah, and I definitely wanted to ask you a little bit about the Flyers, you know, and, and to kind of tie it into the Rangers here. Obviously, Kevin Hayes having a very nice season overall with the Flyers. And I know, you know, he got off to a little bit of a slow start in Philly this year. Some Flyer fans were a little bit unhappy. But I remember when we had you on this show, you kind of stuck up for him a little bit. And now, I mean, Kevin Hayes is just revered in that locker room. And it just seems like the fans really like him. I mean, what's your take? What have you seen from Kevin Hayes this season? Well, if you saw the game he played, the first one back against the Penguins, I mean, that guy could have scored a hat trick that game. He hit the post on the crossbar. He did score one, and uh, I think he missed another one just wide. But, I mean, Hayes is incredible. And you talk about everybody was saying $7 million was too much money to pay him. I mean, where are they at now? That was uh, It's incredible to see him develop. Yeah, it's crazy, too. The other thing you always hear, like, when – the analysts are talking about Kevin Hayes. You hear about like how he's really kind of changed the culture in Philly a little bit, like and and kind of just had been a positive influence in that locker room. I mean, have you seen that as well? You know, you watch the Flyers quite a bit more than I do. So, I mean, do you feel like he's kind of uh, you know gotten them in the right place mentally for you know just having a strong season and going into the playoffs here? Yeah, I think it's more about we had Drew, we had some leaders, but that's only a line or two. You need to be able to push that third line and have leadership all the way down. And I mean, we got JVR playing the fourth line, which we'll talk about later, but I mean, there's so much leadership up and down that lineup that the kids coming up, which we have a couple have leadership everywhere to look to. So he's just adding to that core, I think more than changing it because Drew has always set the tone and he's always had that squad running hot every night. Yeah. Got to ask you about Elaine Vigneault as well. Obviously, he spent quite a few years with the Rangers, took the Rangers to the Stanley Cup Finals the one year. Um, I mean, is he your guy? Obviously, this is just his first year in Philly. But, I mean, do you feel good about the system that he runs? Can you see him being the coach long-term there? I mean, five, seven, ten years, whatever it might be. Yeah, I mean, you never know. He came in, he's pretty experienced with bringing younger teams up in the ranks. So he was good with... uh, also, the way our players are designed, it, it just 
from what you have as a team and the coach fitting that group and that mold, this is perfect. Now, if we move players around and things change, he might not be the best coach with that system. But for now, he's a genius. And we also have like three head coaches on our coaching staff, one of which is our penalty kill, which has gotten great this year. Yeah, no, that definitely helps. And, you know, it's unfortunate that uh, the Rangers, I think, don't have Lindy Ruff for these playoffs. You know, he accepted the job to become the new Devils head coach. And I think that, you know, when you have an inexperienced head coach as the Rangers do in David Quinn, it helps to have a guy who has a lot of experience in the NHL. Lindy Ruff, obviously coaching for, I believe, 19 years in the NHL as a head coach. What a luxury to have, you know, a guy who has a lot of experience coaching in this league on your staff as an assistant coach. I mean, is, do you see that with the Flyers as well? Yeah, and it's weird because, I mean, with all the rule changes everything, the game has changed and gotten faster. So the coaches have to evolve too. And it's kind of interesting to see some old-school coaches that can make that game. But, yeah, I'm pretty happy with the Flyers coaching staff, trust me. Last year was an abomination. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. And, uh, you know, we got to ask everyone this, anyone who comes on uh, Locked on Rangers pretty much all season, really from the start all the way up until now, obviously the Rangers – We've had three different goalies see time with the team this year. Igor Shesterkin has come up from the AHL and just really played great. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist, obviously a legend. And Alex Georgiev has played well at times this year as well. And now you go into the playoffs. Shesterkin and Lundqvist split time against the Islanders. And it's going to be one or the other starting game one. Who do you think it will be? Who do you think it should be? Do you have an opinion on there as kind of like an outsider looking in at the Rangers? Yeah, absolutely. And it's Henrik Lundqvist all the way. There's no question okay. in my mind. He's had a break. He's an older guy. And what you worry about at the end of the season going into these playoffs is the wear on his body. Well, he just got a break. So this is like the rarest opportunity that Lundqvist can make that push as an older guy. You got to go with the hot hand. Yeah, no, that's a fantastic point. And he played very well against the Islanders, stopped 14 of 15 shots. The other thing that he really kind of has working in his favor is just the fact that he completely owns the Carolina Hurricanes. And it's been that way through his whole career. And and even this year, which is, you know, statistically his weakest season as an NHL goalie, 3-0 against the Hurricanes. So, I mean, you do make some good points, but I don't, I, Shesterkin to me just has the higher ceiling. And I just feel like if the Rangers are going to go on some epic playoff run completely out of nowhere, that it might be Shesterkin leading the way. I mean, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? To me, I mean, maybe Lundqvist in the short term could be, uh, you know, a solution to beating the Hurricanes, but... I don't know. To me, Shesterkin just has the more upside in the playoffs. Well, Johnny, you're a uh, <laughs> stat guy, and you're right. all about that, oh, he's this or that. But uh, it's really just your defense isn't a bag of dog shit anymore. I mean, <laughs> you have Adam Fox. You have guys that really are good. And I'm excited to see them play in a playoff format because they really haven't been tested yet. So regardless of if you go that deep into the playoffs, you give Lundqvist the chance because he's been carrying that team on the back end with Stone running around like an idiot. For how many years now? He just has had to do it alone. So it'll be nice to see Lundqvist in a playoff series where his team is actually helping him. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, I think it's going to go really well. And, again, the guys like Zimbabad and Panarin, Panarin just being good at offense and controlling the offensive zone is going to make you a better goalie. And Zimbabad's great on defense, and he controls the game so well that, like, Lundqvist isn't seeing anything ridiculously out of nowhere like you'd see in the past from Girardi screwed up a pass to a and you're like, what are you doing still passing in your own zone? Just clear it. Like, <laughs> I see that so many times in your team. So, Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, it, it could be a very fluid situation. So I think Lundqvist's numbers will be amazing coming into this. And, I, again, if Fox and those guys can step up and be physical with the game style change in the playoffs, then we're going to see some good hockey. 
Yeah, it's funny, too, because, you know, in that exhibition game, you know, Igor stops six of the seven shots. Lundqvist stops 14 of 15. Shesterkin wasn't really tested that often. Lundqvist faced a lot more action. He was obviously a lot busier. And, you know, there does seem to be a contingent of Ranger fans now that's kind of pushing for, oh, man, we should go with Lundqvist. But, like, the way I see that is, like, you can't really punish Shesterkin. Like, if he was going to be the guy and it was looking like the Rangers were going to go with him, I don't see how you can punish him just because the Islanders didn't create a lot of scoring opportunities against him. You know what I mean? Again, though, you're looking at it from a one-game perspective. I mean, Lundqvist is the guy who's been around for how many years? He can just jump into a playoff series and kill it. Whereas these younger guys might not have the experience to really get back in that game flow. Because you'll see Carter Hart even. Let's go over to the Flyers for a second. He's Mr. Consistent. And he's always like all that great angling and all that stuff. But he'll get blown up for six goals in a night. No problem. So the younger kids can be just solved on some nights, whereas Lundqvist is never going to be solved. He's got the experience to always give you at least a decent showing, even if it should be a six-goal game. He might let up five goals, but maybe they should have scored nine. It's hard to tell, like, where the breakdowns were and did he actually save that play or not. Kids are not going to be able to react to those situations, especially with the playoffs coming in this weird format with a break. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because, you know, we did a couple crossover episodes with the guys from Lockdown Hurricanes, and you talked to them about this, you know, who you think is going to start for the Rangers? Who do you least want to see in net for the Rangers? And they they got two hosts over there. They both said that, like, they don't want to see Lundqvist. And sometimes, you know, to their point, to your point, uh, I mean, I'm still going to stick with Shesterkin. I just, again, I just feel like he has the, the more upside. I feel like if they're going to go on a crazy run, he's probably going to be leading the way. But if you look at it that way, who does the other team least want to see in net? Maybe that's the guy you're supposed to go with because, you know, they, they can't figure out Lundqvist. It was that way this year. It's been that way throughout Lundqvist's entire career. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it, again, I'd worry about Lundqvist if this was the end of the season. If you're going to make a deep playoff run, Lundqvist is on game 100, basically. He's going to fall yeah. apart, but this is not the situation. Right. right. I, nope. I had him counted out for the playoffs before this all happened. So it it definitely changed. It's really cool because even JVR had a broken hand going into the playoffs, and now this all happened, and he's healthy. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, we got people. I think you got somebody back too, right? Kreider or somebody? Yeah. That was going to be out in the beginning. Uh, yeah. So, like, it, it's a really weird reset that we got right at the end of the season. It's so interesting. It really is. And, yeah, you know, keeping the focus on the goalies, I figure we can take a look at the Hurricanes real quick. It's either going to be Peter Morazic or James Reimer. Uh, do you have an opinion with who they could go with or who they should go with there? <laughs> Dude, this is my favorite question because we hate Peter Morazic. Like, I saw him a few times. I was playing fantasy hockey, and, like, I'd pick him up, and he'd be hot and get a shutout or two, and then he'd just absolutely bomb at times. Yeah. So it's going to be really funny to see. And then he did really well for a bit there, too. Yeah, well, it's interesting because, you know, I think when you look at Morazic, he's the guy who has more, much more experience, you know, being a starting goalie, kind of being the man, you know, for a while he was the starter in Detroit. James Reimer, a little bit more of a journeyman. But then you look at the exhibition game, it is just one game. You take it with a grain of salt. It's an exhibition game. But uh, Morazic gives up three goals and then Reimer comes in and shuts down the Capitals. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, do you think that sways the Hurricanes one way or the other? Reimer was really good on the, Maple Leafs too and he's always had somebody that's really competitive with him so he's only a journeyman because he keeps finding situations where they have a better guy so yeah James Reamer uh, I remember him having a tough time getting a starting spot because he was behind Bernier 
and Bernier was pretty good back then. He was. So absolutely. I think he's just always been in a situation where he's trying to become the starter and never got a Matt Murray type opportunity. Which I like your point about the Rangers goalie because look how well it worked out for the Penguins on their run with Matt Murray. You gotta kind of trust the young guys sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And uh, kind of shifting gears a little bit here, I wanted to get your take on the Hart Trophy. We got three nominees. Obviously, Artemi Panarin is one of them. You've also got Nathan McKinnon and Leon Draisaitl. Uh, do you have a pick there? Is there somebody that should win it? Is it kind of a toss-up between two of them? I mean, just give me all your thoughts there on, on who should bring home the hardware. All right, so Draisaitl, I don't think he gets the credit he deserves for making McDavid so good. I mean, that guy is a phenom, and he's also the guy taking the face-offs. If you don't get the puck off the face-off, you're not going to score many goals. So he's such an important part to the Edmonton team, and they're doing it alone. They, like, don't have anybody on a second line. It's crazy. But uh, I would also say that Breadman, Panarin, if it weren't for him, you guys wouldn't be looking, like, this good and this lethal coming into the playoffs to where you actually have a shot. If you don't have Panarin, you don't have a team. Yeah. Zibetajad is not going to carry it out of Kreider. So it's almost like the Zuccarello days where you had some talent but not enough. Breadman puts you in the cup contender spot. So And he's also played his ass off this season. So I I almost have to give it to Breadman. Yeah, it's it's a tough call. I think it comes down to him or Dreisaitl. I mean, Dreisaitl, if you just want to go by points, which, I mean, we could debate whether that's the way to do it or not. But, I mean, he does have... 110, but I think when you look at this, you know, it's not the most outstanding player. That's the Ted Lindsay Award. Same three players nominated for that. It's the most valuable player, and I think when you look at it that way, if you take Leon Draisaitl off of the Oilers, obviously it's going to hurt. You know, how could it not? But I think the Oilers could keep going without him. You take Panarin off of the Rangers, I mean, you see the impact that he's had this year. This is his first year on the team, and all of a sudden, you know, the second half of the season, the Rangers one of the best teams in hockey. So, for that reason, despite the point difference, I got to go Panarin for for MVP. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And I, I do think Dreisaitl would really hurt the Edmonton Oilers. They would suck. Like, they really would. <laughs> yeah, well, and yeah. It's I mean, he's a great Redman. player. Yeah, yeah. You got Connor McDavid over there, but you also have Zimbenejad. You have some great talent behind Zimbenejad, too. So, with Kreider and everybody else. So it, the Rangers are a good team, and that's why I think you are a cup contenders. Because outside of Redman, you have great fucking talent up and down. And the kids coming up on D, you got young goalie, old goalie situation going on, kind of like we got in Philly with Hart and um, what's his face? <laughs> old man. Elliot? Elliot. Yeah. Old man Elliot. Elliot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they started him the other night against the Penguins. I'm like, why? But he's good, man. Elliot's pretty good, too. I, I liked him on St. Louis as well. But yeah, just back to Breadman. I mean, I, I don't know. It's almost exactly the same situation. Drysaddle just takes face off, so he's more important to the game. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, just to kind of put a bow on this whole thing, like I said, it's the same three players nominated for the Hart Trophy as are nominated for the Ted Lindsay Award. And the Ted Lindsay Award, that's not most valuable player. That's the most outstanding player. Just the guy who goes out there and just kills it every night. And I am willing to concede. <laughs> I will concede that one to Dreisaitl because I think in that case, you know, the points, maybe that puts him over the top a little bit. But man, MVP. It's got to go to Panarin this year. Like, I'm really, I'm already disappointed that uh, Adam Fox is not up for Rookie of the Year. If Panarin does not now win the MVP, that, that's going to be a bummer for sure. How is Fox not up for Rookie of the Year? I don't know. Like, that's I why mean, I think Lundqvist is going to do well this year is because Fox is in front of him. Yeah, I, no, Fox I mean, Fox is so important to your team. They have, they have no idea if he's not up for Rookie of the Year. He's been fantastic. And it's not just with the points, you know, there's, I made, I actually sent out a tweet the other night where, 
you know, there was a two-on-one for the Islanders in the exhibition game. And Fox, you know, he's the defender back. Not only does he, you know, prevent them from taking a shot, he straight up just steals the puck. Like, he defends the two-on-one as good as, I don't want to say anybody, you know, in the league, but he's got to be up there because he has this. I would say this, as anybody in the league. I mean, you just trust well, him to do something tricky. Yeah, right. He's, I mean, he's that's do something, man. He's good with active with the stick. I mean, he's, I trust him if I'm you. Like, he no, is one sure. of the best in the league at that. Yeah. I mean, that's just coming from a place of not seeing these teams play night in and night out and every one of these defensemen, how they hold up with a two on one. But, you yeah, know, I mean, Latang get crossed up. I mean, Latang sucks sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, know, I mean, like, if we're going to start bashing Chris Latang, we're going to be here all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, like, a defenseman is going to get crossed up a lot. So it's more of a percentage thing on how confident you feel when they're going in. And like you said, he's not just stopping and deflecting it out of bounds. He's stealing the puck and then sending it the other way for an odd man rush the other way. That's yeah. huge, man. That, no, that it is, is absolutely what I'm talking about with Fox. Yeah. Um, it's like, I mean, it's almost like he lulls them into a false sense of security. We're like, oh, shoot, the pass is there. And they look to pass. And then he just puts out his stick and just takes it away from them. Like, oh, I'll take that, you know? It's fantastic. He's smarter. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's yeah. on another level. He's got a good one there. What, one of the things that I think is working against Fox is he does not play on the Rangers' top power play unit. They stick Tony D'Angelo out there, and rightfully so. D'Angelo's had a great season. But I think Fox would probably have a few more points and would probably just, you know, catch the attention of, you know, the league as a whole a little bit more than he does. You know, that he obviously loses some points not being out there on the uh, on the power play. Yeah. and that, Which is kind of a bummer. Those are yeah. fair weather fans. I mean, the people who look at numbers are not looking at the game. And Fox yeah. is so important to the team. I would say he's more of an MVP than Breadman in some ways, but Breadman's just Breadman. Yeah, no, I hear you there. <laughs> I mean, he, yeah, Fox is just tremendous on both sides of the ice. I want to ask you a, a little bit also about just the presentation of these games. I mean, you've obviously had a chance to watch a couple of these exhibitions. What are your thoughts on, you know, playing hockey in an empty arena? I mean, do you notice it a lot or do you not notice it as much as you thought? And, what are your thoughts also on, you know, the fake crowd noise? Boy, did we hit it with our podcast earlier this year with how, like, cool it would be. Because you can hear them talking, the camera angles you were saying, and the seats and things. Like, they have nine camera angles now that I've never seen before. Yeah. Because they can put cameras everywhere. It's great. Yeah, I really like the one. Uh, I don't know if they seem to use it quite a bit on the power play. Is though It's kind of, like, more above the rink. Like, I'd love if they got it directly above the rink. I don't know if there's a way to do that. But it's really high up there. You almost feel like you're, I mean, I don't want to say the upper deck because that makes it sound like it's really far away, but you kind of have that angle where you're looking at it from the upper deck and it's like you're just kind of peering over the the boards there. Uh, it's really cool. I mean, I, I like I like anytime any of these leagues plays around with the presentation at least a little bit. Yeah, it, it's great. And again, I love hearing the chatter between players and when they're screaming because they missed a shot. Like, you know, if he got lucky to even get the shot off or if he thought he had it by how he reacts. Because they'll be like, nah, like he blew it. And he's like, <laughs> oh, man, he must have really felt like he had that one. You just get a dynamic right. sense for the player and how he's feeling. It's just crazy. Yeah, and you really wouldn't hear that during a normal game. I mean, don't get me wrong. It'd be, we, would, we would love to see the Stanley Cup playoffs with fans in there. Obviously, the state of the world just not permitting it right now. But, yeah, you would never hear that because if somebody shoots wide and, you know, just misses the post or something – uh, the crowd, you know, you're gonna get that ooh and that ah coming out of the crowd. You're not gonna hear the player react to it. So it is really neat to to hear the player's reaction, where you know you get the sense that like, oh man, he feels like he should have buried that one. 
Yeah, or like he hit it on accident off somebody and it just missed the post. And to him, he's like, oh, I didn't even know that was going to go near that. So he's not reacting to it. Whereas the crowd's like, oh, he just missed it. How did he miss that? But he's like, you know, shot it off his skate. Like, you didn't see that? (laughs) And then also, I've noticed big time is when the puck is right around the net and things are hectic, the crowd is going absolutely insane. And there's none of that anymore. So they're just like screwing around in front of the net and it's really high pressure. But like, you don't hear the crowd reacting to it. Yeah. So I was like, is the puck still live? Is it not live? I don't know, because the crowd isn't there to react for it. Yeah, it's, it's a whole new dynamic. Uh, and again, you know, the, the crowd really, they provide the soundtrack for the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, it'd be great if there were fans there, but it is what it is. And I think, you know, if you look at it positively, you can kind of see hockey in a different way. It's a, it's a different presentation this year. And, uh, you know, one, one other thing I wanted to ask you about, Bobby, is uh, the Flyers, they're obviously, they don't have to play in this qualifying round. They were in the top four in the Eastern Conference, so they're going to play a round robin against the Bruins, Lightning, and Capitals. There is seeding on the line in these games, but obviously, you know, you can't be knocked out of the playoffs if you lose these games either. So I just wanted to get your take. Do you think the Flyers should step on the gas and just go all out and just really treat these like bonafide playoff games, or do you just kind of use them as tune-ups to get ready to go and and not really care that much about the seedings all that much? You know, they have a pretty deep lineup. I want them to go hardcore so they get in shape. Because remember, they're okay. falling out of hockey shape in this time. So you have yeah. to use this more as exercise than actual skill training. But I will say this. The Flyers, I said this year they were going to win the Stanley Cup. Did I not? I mean, you've told me that every year since we were 18 years every old. Every year. So yeah. <laughs> but I was like, no, John, really this year. Because <laughs> they have the lineup they had no sense. We're like, it's just James Van Rijek's on the fourth line. When you have that set up, I really feel like they're going to go deep. And if they don't win this year, I'd be surprised. But the number one reason why they're going to win this year is because the fans aren't around to boo them every power play. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there there <laughs> might honestly be some truth to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first time Philly fans can't get involved and they give a ton of pressure and grip the stick too tight when they're taking the shot. We're going to win this year. Take it to the bank, John. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because there. I do think there's some truth to that. And if I could switch sports just for a second, I mean, you've got Giancarlo Stanton on the Yankees. And I think maybe of all the teams in baseball, I mean, he just has a massive contract. He was coming off of a 59 home run season when he came over to the Yankees. And so naturally, expectations from Yankee fans are just sky high. So if this poor guy strikes out with the bases loaded, I mean, they boo him. He's going to hear it. And lo and behold, I mean, listen, the Yankees have only played five games, but he's come out just absolutely slugging. I mean, he's hitting for power. He's hitting over 500. He just looks very comfortable, very relaxed. And I mean, maybe that has something to do with it. There's no, there's none of this background John, noise. You are it's just so me playing right. baseball. Yeah. I mean, it's a yeah, different John, sport. So, he's but loose. Yeah, exactly. And he looks loose. I mean, you watch him play the game and he just looks very relaxed up there. That's such a great point. Yeah, I didn't even think about it, especially being younger coming in, like so much pressure, but there's nobody there. It's like batting practice. <laughs> exactly. Like, see the, ball, see the ball hit the ball, right? That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, all right, so I figure uh, two more questions for you here. First, uh, I wanted to get your take on this. Is there any series that kind of gets your attention that does not involve the Rangers or the Flyers? Is there a series that just kind of stands out to you that like, oh, man, I, I got to check that one out a little bit? I kind of want to see what St. Louis does. Yeah, I mean, these precursor rounds are kind of weird. It's kind of like baseball where it's just not enough games to really get a sample. Five yeah, games that's is true. Not enough. 
Yeah, well, there were there were rumors they were thinking about best of three. That would have been terrible. So I'm glad they at least gave right. Five. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. But yeah, it's, <laughs> even still, it's like it's really a skewed stat because the team can get hot for three games and win. You know what I mean? It's just it's not going to be a fair representation of who should have made the playoffs. Yeah. But you got to do it. So the the series I'm really looking at is whoever St. Louis plays. I want to see if they can really show they had that team last year. They haven't changed too much. So if they're really a Stanley Cup championship team, they should show that again this year. And I'm curious. They just got shelled the other night by Chicago, I think. They like did. I think nothing. they lost, <laughs> yeah, 4 nothing or, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was, it was yeah, pretty nasty. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting because I think the Blues, if they're not at the top of the Western Conference, they're right there. And the Blackhawks, last team in the West, I mean – that might be as good of an indication as anything that, you know, hey, it's, I mean, it, technically it's not the playoffs. It's an exhibition game, but you can throw these seeds out the window in some instances. Not yeah, but what a little rest does. I mean, you got Kane and Taze, the only two on Chicago. They get some rest, and now they come out just slaying. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I mean, they, they can still get the job done. And then finally, I just wanted to get a prediction from you for Rangers and Hurricanes. Do you have a winner for this series, and do you dare to say how many games it will be when a winner is crowned three games rangers win them all two zero four zero five one <laughs> well you really want to come back on this podcast again don't you <laughs> no i think carolina is trash although aho is going to give you some trouble it's probably going right. to be like three two games and things like that even though i'm talking shutouts but if lundquist comes in hot and he's hyped I bet you get a shutout or two out of him in the first game or two. I really okay. have a lot of faith in this Lundqvist play because he's old and experienced, but he just got a nice nap. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great way to put it, actually. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, their top line does scare me. I mean, they've got, you know, you mentioned uh, Aho. You've got, you know, Tara Vining, You've got Svechnikov. I mean, the three of them, it's crazy. They're all, like, 25 years old or younger. They just keep getting better and better. So they are dangerous. And I do worry about the Rangers taking penalties. You do not want to give uh, a lot of power play opportunities to that unit. Absolutely. But again, it's one line. I mean, Carolina is not as deep as the Rangers are right now. And the kids coming up for the Rangers are just furious. So like Fox being back there and they all have Lundqvist. Again, it's like having dad behind you where it's just this comfort zone that you know Lundqvist is going to be able to yeah, he's going to see things. And Aho's young, and those guys are young. So Lundqvist is going to be able to just mind hack these guys as they come down and help his defense out. It's going to be interesting to watch. You're almost talking me into it, man. I think I'm still in, in Camp Igor, but, you know, you are giving me something to think about here with Lundqvist. I will say that. There's so much more to the game than just reacting. I mean, when you see the play happen a billion times, you should know it by heart, and you can feel it coming. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that'll pretty much wrap things up. But, uh, Bobby, you know, I look forward to doing this again when the Rangers and Flyers are playing each other in the Eastern Conference Finals. Let's hope it's in the Finals for sure. That would be awesome. That would really be something else. I so, hate to take you out before then. <laughs> well, you know, hey, game on, man. If we make it that far, I'll just take my chances. It is what it is. All right, so Ranger fans and, hey, even Flyer fans, if you happen to be listening to this as well, you know, Bobby was here representing you guys today. Thanks again for tuning in, and we will see you guys next time. Yeah, thanks for having me, John. 
All right, that's going to do it for today. Once again, a big thank you to Bobby Sampson for joining the show, talking a little bit of Ranger hockey, a little bit of Flyer hockey, and just Stanley Cup playoff hockey in general. And guys, we are less than 24 hours away from the puck dropping for Game 1 of Rangers against Hurricanes. It really is cool that that is the first game of the Stanley Cup playoffs. All eyes are going to be on that game. We've been starved for some hockey, specifically some Stanley Cup playoff hockey, and we're finally going to get it. And hey, let's go get it. Let's take down this team that we've handled all season, and we will be back here with a new episode on Saturday after the game. Fingers crossed that we're up one game to nothing and we're just off and rolling. Hopefully that will be the case. As far as a prediction goes, yes, I do think the Rangers are going to win tomorrow. Go Blue Shirts. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.